Hey y'all, welcome to The Zero Hour. I am uh, the co-host, I am Mark Fiertz, and who's to my right? Christine Chapman, your host, All right. welcome. We have got a guy on the phone that is uh, a good friend of mine and a good friend of The Zero Hour. And it was funny, I was thinking about like how to introduce him, and it literally just clicked in my head. Um, has anyone ever seen the movie with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind? Right. Um, yes. Not the crazy Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, <laughs> but the actual freakish friggin' intelligence of A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, LLKB, please meet Keith Bernard. Keith, say hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Keith, to the Zero Hour. So thank you very much. I uh, met Keith. <laughs> Let me tell you. So we worked together. Yes. Uh, about seven or eight years ago, in a tiny ass, w- we worked on Park Avenue and like Twenty Third Street. And the first time I met Keith, you know when you meet somebody and it's just different. Like yeah, they're they're different the vibe they give off like the first words out of their mouth you're like holy shit i'm impressed right yeah i was impressed with keith from literally like the moment i met him and it's funny keith as i'm thinking about it now this has a lot to do with your story about impressing people non-intentionally but just being who you are (laughs) would you agree would you agree has that happened to you a couple times keith I mean, listen, I just try and make genuine connections with folks because I just feel like everybody is interesting, right? Well, and, yeah. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I was going to say, like, you know, that that's kind of, that's, that's how it happens. And the funny thing is, is that people tend to lean into you if you lean into them, right? So I love that. So, like... There's this meme, like the things you don't need to teach people, right? Show up on time, right? Have an interest, be witty, be whatever, whatever those things are. Dude, Keith is like the poster child for all of it, man. Like, you know, Keith, you just said it again. Like, like, lean, like, lean into it, and they will lean into you. Like, I hadn't spoken to Keith in in, in quite some time, but I told him I still cite examples of working with Keith seven years later in present day conversations. So when Keith and I were working together, you, that uh, means you need to get out more, Mark. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Keith. Oh I'm trying. yes, you're, you're right. Or it means that I haven't met anyone as impressive as you since then. Okay. Yes. So like my, Part of my management style is I want to get to know who the person is, right? Keith and I were sales guys. We we're working together. But, dude, once you meet Keith, you know that there's 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 a lot of depth, right? Yeah. Um, and part of us working together was understanding, like, who we were. And we used to sit in a room that was as big as the studio that we're in right now. And... You know, you get to know someone, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you, because you, you're not intentionally listening to their conversations, personal or, or other, but you get you get to figure out like, like who they are. So, um, Keith, uh, Keith, tell us, dude, tell us a little bit about like where you grew up. I mean, we th- there's there's a story here. I'm going to lead you into the story. Uh, but you grew up. Uh, wait, wait, whoa, oh, wait oh! a minute, wait a minute. I can't even, and Keith, I don't know if you have been privy to some of our other episodes, but He'll say Mark, no. He'll say no. It's, it's okay. But Mark has this tendency to um, stop me in my tracks every time I start leading people down the zero hour, and we are not even five minutes into our conversation with you, and he has already led you down the zero hour. Because I'm excited. <laughs> to talk. I'm yes, excitable. Yes, exactly. So that's usually where I'm at. Just saying. She's she's on the other foot. There you go. Yes. Yes. All right, Christine, the host. Go for it. No, no. I think we should go down the zero hour because I am the person who usually is 
pulling people down the zero hour somewhat, in Mark's opinion, prematurely. But I did want for you to notice that, yes, here you are doing exactly what I usually do with your guest, right. whom you are very excited about. All right. Keith, go. Where'd yes, go. 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 Uh, are, are, we, are we sure? Yes, I mean, yes, mom, we're mom, sure. Dude, I'm mom, so excited. Mommy and, mommy and daddy are fighting. I don't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> oh lovely, Keith Bernard. Oh, I like you already, Keith. By the way, Keith's nickname is LLKB. I got to tell a quick story. LLKB. You know what the LL is from? LL Cool J. You know what the LL stands for in LL Cool J? Ladies love. Okay. Ladies love Keith Bernard. Ladies love oh Keith God. Bernard. Dude, Keith, we were going to lunch. It was seven years ago. We're on Park Avenue and 23rd Street. I'm walking with Keith, and I swear to goodness, this woman literally threw herself at Keith. Like, <laughs> literally stopped him in the street, got in front of him, and was just like, she was like, yo, I need to talk to you. What is your name? Because Keith, by the way, has got a look. Right? He's got a look, dude. If I was a black man, I'd want to look like Keith Bernard. Like, I want the beard. I want the bald head. I want the fedora. Dude, you you got to look, bro. And this woman, and I'm not, you Did know, you- whatever. I'm not, I'm not as good looking as Keith, but I was, like, invisible. And Keith acted as if this happened frequently. He was not shook up about it. He was very, like, in his... Very much Keith Bernard voice. He's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to lunch. I don't have time for this, <laughs> right? Keith, do you remember that? Come on. Uh, no, I do. I do remember it because, thankfully, that doesn't happen very often. Liar. Uh, Liar. But, but, but yeah, no, that was pretty cool. I was like, wow, this is. I mean, I should at least be in line for a raise or something. With if we get unconscious bias effect here, it's going to be plant, plant a seed in my boss's mind that I'm worth, you know, something to someone. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if you're going to look cool, if, you, if someone's going to do that, you want them to do it in front of your boss. Yeah, there you, know you I mean? go. There you go. And dude, you should have been my boss. <laughs> he he actually does say that a lot. He's like, this uh, kid was so smart that he should have been my boss. All right. All right, dude. Okay. Zero hour. Here we go. St. Louis. Okay, doing it? St. Louis. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, funny, the funny thing is, is, so anybody who knows me knows that like I rep I rep St. Louis uh, constantly. I'm, if if I have a, a cap on, you know, eight out of ten times it's going to have something St. Louis related, Cardinals or you know the feel of the city or yep. something like that, right? Um, but I, I actually wasn't born there. I was born in California. I was born in in uh, Victorville, California. Didn't wow. I know that? Um, yeah, because my dad was in the Marines. Wait, so, your dad is Marine. Uh, well, he was dishonorably discharged. So, does, did he? Would he get to say that? I don't know. You can we say can't that. Ask him. We can't ask him because, um, unfortunately, he's uh, in the afterlife. But okay. That <laughs> that said, at that time, he he had not been discharged yet. Uh, he was in Okinawa, but we were uh, in you know San Bernardino. Okay. So uh, I was I spent my first year of life there. Wow. But, uh, my mom and dad are both from from St. Louis, and so. When that marriage was uh, beginning to dissolve, my mom took me and went back to St. Louis. Wow. And yeah, so I spent my uh, my childhood and, and early teens uh, full on in the loop. Yeah. Wow. So, and are yeah. you an only child? I, I'm not. So the funny thing is, though, is that I, uh, you know, it's, I, I was having this conversation uh, with someone the other night, actually, and it's, it's, I'm the eldest of, of of my on my mom's side. I'm the eldest of four. Okay. Uh, I also have a brother and a sister remaining uh, on my dad as well, and wow. I'm the oldest there too. By you know by ten years, uh, that's my oldest siblings. They're they're both ten years younger than I have. Uh, my youngest sibling, I'm almost twenty years young. I mean, older than than uh, than she is. So, so for a long time, I was the only child because, you know, our childhoods were separated by so much. Right. And then, not to get ahead of myself, but when you throw in the fact that, you know, at 13, then I went off to boarding school 
it was as if. Slow your roll, dude. Had, Slow your roll. We'll yeah, get there. No, not, we'll I'm get not, there. I'm not, I'm not even going there yet. It's just to, to contextualize things. Yes, yes. You know, my, my kids, my, 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 my siblings, my, my sisters and my mom, it's like, you know, my oldest sister is almost, she feels like an eldest child. Does that make sense? Yep. Because yep. I was out of the picture, basically. Wow. Okay. So, so, so how many, how many are you, how many of there are you? Okay. So, um, my, so I, I tend to, to talk about my sisters from my mom more because I grew up in that household. Okay. I didn't grow up in the household with my brother and sister from my dad. I love them both very much too. But, um, you know, I, when I go home for holidays, et cetera, I see my sisters from my mom. Okay. So, yeah. So there are, there are four of, of, of us, um, you know, on that side. So me. you're the eldest of four on that side and you're the eldest of three on, on your dad's side. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. he's the smartest of them all. I will, <laughs> I will gather to, to mention. That, that, would, that would be debated because of course there's, there's all types of intelligence. And my yes. grandmother would say, you're so smart, you're dumb. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that, dude, it's called common sense, right? Exactly. Yeah, no common she, sense. Yeah. She would say that. Now, I disagree. But, you know, there, there are certain things that I'm good at. And my wife will tell you, too. Like, I, if it, spatial things I, I have some issues with. Like, knots and, you know, things like that. She, she's much better at that stuff. You know, but ask me a random fact, you know, you I might be it. able to help you. All right. Yeah. Shout out to the wife. <laughs> Remind me of her name. Naisha. Naisha. Yeah. And you got you're still newlyweds, right? Technically no. We we celebrated one year on uh, August fourteenth. Oh, sorry, wow. dude. I thought I thought you got Naisha. married uh more re- this past August. No, sorry. no, it's been it's been a little over a year. Yeah. So uh, we got we got married in St. Louis. She's from Oakland, but I can't imagine how many single women in New York City were like tortured. Devastated. Devastated <laughs> that Keith got married. And this woman, your wife, must be a spectacular like individual man to have. Oh, ca- she she is it's, to have captured amazing. the greatness that is Keith Bernard. Yeah, she. Listen, I'm I'm lucky. Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I probably smother her. Uh, she, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where um, you know, if she weren't in my life, I'd have to invent her, right? Like it's it's that kind of thing. Um, I don't know what I would do without her. She's she's such a that's um, when you know, dude. Stabilizing, stabilizing force. Yet at the same time, she is down the clown and has you know a, as much of a willingness to, to dive into chaos um, as as I do from time to time. So she can she she has the stomach to deal with me, whereas so many others have uh, fell down. In that's the past. when you know. That's <laughs> when you know. Okay. Man. Okay. So so what about can you can you like. Humor the the lover of the love story. How did sure. how did it happen? How did you meet? And um, what got you to you know the the altar, so to speak, just yeah, over a yeah. year ago? Well, it's you know it's, it's it's great that she's not on the show, so I get to tell the whole story from my opinion. Yes, Dude, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm texting with her now. By the way, <laughs> I am. I am. She says hello. <laughs> she said you're a liar. <laughs> you know what? Listen, there there are three sides to every story, right? Her truth, you know, your truth, whatever, and the, and the, and the truth. And, yeah, yeah. And, right. It just so happens that, funny enough, my story is the truth. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I got, I got it covered. So yeah, we, you know, we met in Harlem. I'm, you know, I lived in Harlem. I've lived, I lived in New York uh, 24 years now. I spent the first three years in Brooklyn. Yeah. But the rest of it, I've been in, in Harlem. And she's been in Harlem probably half of that time. And so we would see each other, right? Um, but it was just, you know, in past, she has a very, talking about looks, she has a very distinct look often. So she's, you know, this chocolate, you know, I, I like to say that she's got this, these golden highlights underneath this chocolate exterior. Uh, and she often wears her hair in, uh, you know, these golden faux locks. And she'll have it wrapped around the top of her head like a crown, and then the sides of her head are shaved. So you, I'm painting this picture for you. Yes. Okay? Wow. Um, and she just has style like you you wouldn't believe. 
it's ridiculous. So, dude, you have style. Notable. You <laughs> have style. This is perfect. So it's it's one of those things where she's hard to miss. So I would see her, say hello, you know, and smile and move along because for a good chunk of time, I have you know I was in a relationship. Um, when she was you know while we were both in here in Harlem. So I, I wasn't trying to push up, as they say, right? Like, that was off limits. Yep, but then yep. uh, that relationship ended, and um, I was out on a Sunday fun day. And it's funny because I was just looking at the – she just showed me the picture of that day. Really? I came, I came up to her and said, hey, would you take a picture with me? I just wanted her to be recording. Wait a second. That I, Did... that I seen this woman. Dude, so you approached, dude. That's how you approached her, huh? Would you take a picture with me? Yeah, because well, now remember, we we had see, we knew each other by face, yep. right? It was yes, yes. So I wasn't a complete, you know, stranger, okay. right? But she had no idea my name. She never, we never had any substantive conversations, right? But she, you know, she was celebrating, uh, you know, out with her friends and. She was, so she was in a good mood, wink, wink. Keith, what, yeah. what, what were you wearing? What, what fedora were you wearing? I, I wasn't wearing a fedora that day. I actually, and I only know this because I just looked at the picture <laughs> about, about two hours ago. Yep. I had on a Calgary Flames hockey jersey, like a vintage Calgary Flames Oh, my God. Jersey. Dude, this kid dresses, man. Dude. I, I wish I was you some days. <laughs> you know, they, they, they say we come back, right? So, yeah, Mark, if, yeah. you, if you get a chance. Actually, I think I would love nothing more than for you to come back as a black man. I, I think that, would be <laughs> that is so funny. You know what? He was just saying on our way over, and we were listening to music and doing our doing our thing because we we're usually pump, like sing and do all, for the shows. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he looked at me and he said, you know. I I am a black man. Yes, yes. I, I he thinks so. He does. He, he does. I mean, which which you know, I, I don't ever. I never want to you know dash anyone's dreams and hopes. You know, so I I, I let him get away with it. But yeah, he's got some work to do. Yeah, <laughs> All right, come on. Uh, yeah. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get into it, man. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, wait. So, no, he has to. T- he has to finish. Telling okay, I'm sorry. Keith, go oh, ahead. Yeah, Take yeah. a picture. So yeah, that's that's how we technically met. But she, being being the suave sophisticate that she is, she said yes. You can take you can I can take a photo with you, but you have to send it to me. So, trying to get those digits. Yes, you know what I'm saying. She got so those I, digits. So we exchanged. She so I sent her the you know the photo. So she had my number. I had hers. But of course, it was Sunday fun day. I, I was drunk. I forgot the number. I didn't save her name, so I had no way of getting in touch with her. Lo and oh, behold, no. the next week, I'm in the same bar, because it's like my cheers yep. in Harlem. And I'm sitting there, and I'm it's, it's you know evening. I'm about to leave, because it's you know, kind of chill night. And I look to my right, and I see this golden chocolate woman again. And she just... Literally leans back, puts her eyebrows up, and basically gives me the look like, are you coming over here or what? Oh, Without shit. saying a word. And I got my black ass up so far. <laughs> <laughs> and went over there. And I, when I say we basically have not separated since, oh, I'm not man. Yeah, I love I'm, that. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. yeah. Seriously, she she came over that night and she stayed like four days. And I was like, "Don't, no, you're coming back every day after this." Oh, that's I great, love man. that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So, can, I, can I tell the real so story? So far, now? she's so far she's still stuck around. All right. I love that. Thank you so much for humoring me. And Mark, stop. I'm, Mark's I'm, like, okay, I'm enough like, with the love story. Can we get on to the zero hour? Like, I'm, I'm giving Christine. <laughs> s- I mean, listen, talking about zero hours. That, that is work. a zero hour. I All right. think. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 Seriously. All fair in love and war. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Honestly. No, I, I mean, really, though, that, you know, I, I mentioned this in passing. I come out of a relationship. Mark actually was there. He was in my life during that entire prior relationship. Wow. And when that ended, that was like a five-year thing. And when that ended, I was really, you know, crestfallen is too light of a word. I was devastated. And wreck. I was a wreck. 
and wow. I was coming into middle age. So we've got all of that, all of those pressures coming in. So I was really, really in a, in a bad place. And she has been such a, a light guiding me, you know, up towards where I need to be. So that is one of the coming over to her and flirting was one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> I love that. Yay. Yep. All right. Can we get on with it? <laughs> can we get on with it? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Keith, I'm going to, I'm going to tee you up. So okay. <clears throat> Keith is like, if there was an academic Olympic Olympics, he would be the triathlete gold medal winner. He would be the platinum medal winner. I try to compare him to superstar athletes, like the 1% of athletes who are just amazing at athletics. Keith is that for academics. Okay. okay. He is the 1% of people who that's why I introduce him as a beautiful mind. He's not writing on windows and shit. I don't know, maybe you are, dude, but he is an intellect with hang on. He's a creative with the skills of a suit. <laughs> that's your LinkedIn profile, right? Keith? Yes it is. A creative oh, close, right. That's close. It's a creative with the mind of a suit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Creative, creative with a mind of a suit. And dude, by the way, I used that line last week. I'm still ripping you off, bro. I used that line last week in an email that was somewhat related to uh to a client. But I'm saying this because Keith was identified and Keith go for it in what grade? Where you pulled out and said, "This kid is special." Go. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in second grade. Second um, grade. So you must have yeah. been like seven years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, dude, you yeah. told me first grade. Oh well, yeah. You're, you know what? So second grade was the was the year that I I ended up taking the test. But you're right. She. It was first yes. grade where she where that teacher actually. Who is she? Come on. To, yeah, she wanted to. So in first grade, um, my teacher sort of just said, this, this kid has got a lot going on upstairs. And she asked my parents uh, about skipping me, you know, a, at least one level and uh, for the next year. And they were like, yeah, no, no way. That's, we don't want that to happen because we don't, he'll be a runt. You know? yep, and, yep. you know, he'll have to go through all of that craziness. We don't want that from him. How we old are you in first grade? Five? Six. Dude, uh, six. Dude, right? You're six. Yeah, all right, you're all right. six. Hang on. Dude, most six-year-olds still are holding themselves before they go to the bathroom, right? And they're like, you know, running in place and are eating fucking mothballs and are chasing <laughs> bugs and are eating bugs. Keith is, Keith, what are you doing at five and a half, six that catches the attention of Mrs. Hoppy? Was it Hoppy? Oh, Miss Hall. Yeah, this okay. was Miss Hall. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you know, one one story that I I can remember was uh, there was a time when she was talking to the class about you know what to do in an emergency, right? Like if if someone is choking or they they fall down, pass out, whatever the case may be, and so. People are going around the room, and she, you know, comes to me, and and I say, well, you should do CPR. And she, <laughs> You're she says, six. You should do what? You're six and years like, old. Yeah, you should do CPR. You know, you you pump the chest and you breathe in their mouth. And she was just like, <laughs> she, I, I remember it because she was just stunned, and she made me like she made me actually go and tell other teachers what I had just said. I didn't think it was a big deal, but she was just like. This is ridiculous. Why does this kid know what CPR is? <laughs> well, and, and why did you? Yes. How did you? Yes. I, I just soaked up information. I That's, read it someplace. I, mean, I don't know. I'm a fucking brilliant yeah. kid. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I was I was reading when I was like four years old. Okay. And so it was just, I, I just, that was fun for me. Picking up books. And, okay. You know, and, encyclopedias. When those things existed. Remember the world? Yeah, book? like yes. and dictionaries. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was fun for me. So, Wait, hang on, um, hang on Keith. Hang on, hang on, yes. dude. He, but but here's what people don't know about Keith. He's he's not a dork. He's not an <laughs> Urkel. He's not going to school in a bow tie. 
Dude, Keith is as chill as the day is long and is socially like above the curve. And dude, that is the other half of you that is, dude, I think when you're as intelligent as people can get, you lack in another part. Listen, dude, it takes you forever to respond to a text message. It takes you forever <laughs> to respond to an email and you admit by your own fault, yeah, I'm trying to get better with that. You know, that that's like yeah. your like savant yeah. move. Like I can't answer a text message, but I can like write an investor deck in my sleep, <laughs> right? Well, uh, yeah, I tell people that. like I'm, I'm 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 I go, "Listen, please don't take it personally. Uh if I'm in the middle of doing something, I'm I won't respond to your text message. I check emails like once a week if that <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't care because if I can't dive all the way into the relationship. Like if I can't be there a hundred percent, then I don't want to be there at all. Wow. It's, and it's, that's not how you should be. I know that, right? People just need to know you're alive. They want to say hello, but I want to make sure I can carve out the time to focus. And if I can't do that, then I don't feel right. So in, pre in preparation okay. for this, okay. for this podcast, I, Keith, to be honest with you, I was a little nervous. You'd be a no-show be <laughs> because I Christine sent out the call and information. I texted her, go, bro, you like, got it. And then, like, this, I'm like, dude, you're on it too. Okay. And, like, when I saw your text an hour ago, I go, Christine, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes. Because that, absolutely. that's how you roll sometimes. All right. First, second grade, CPR, mouth to mouth. He is literally elevated. Right. Um, Continue from there, my man. Okay. Yeah. So then, so she backed off when they didn't want to, you know, have me skip uh, a grade. Yep. But then the next year, she came back again and was just like, listen, okay, I found out about this, this school. It's pretty new. Um, it's a magnet school and it's for gifted and talented kids. You have to take uh, an IQ test to, to get in, but I think you should definitely get him tested. This would be a great place for him. At the time, the school went from, uh, I think it was second grade through eighth grade. So right. I, would, I would join in third grade, went and uh, took the, the test uh, and qualified to get into that school. And that, that really, you know, that was the first inflection point. Really. Okay. Um, because, you know, that's, going to that school really set up everything that came Later, I mean that the school was a public school, but it was uh, the uh, highest uh, ranking public school in Missouri in terms of like test scores. Wow, and, and that's the kind of quality of, of, of students that were there. And so I was surrounded by those kids from third grade all the way through eighth grade. Okay, the and kind then, of place. Yeah, go ahead. And then what happened? Oh well, you know because of the kind of school it was where learning and uh, academic performance was celebrated by not just the faculty, but the, the students, yep. right? If you were, if you did well in school, no one made fun of you. That was cool. Yeah. And at the same time, being cool was cool, right? Like we, we, you know, we had a rap group in, you know, junior high. What was the all. name? What was the name? <laughs> the, the, the bank posse. The because you, you know the phrase, you can take that to the bank. That's how secure yep. we were, right? Like, so, oh yeah, we were the God. bank, bank posse. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Now, if, to, to show you, so it, it's, it's, it's right there on the surface, right? That, that was the name of the group. But we saw, uh, we saw Spike Lee's School Days, which is about kids at a historically black college, yep. their fraternities. So we, we retrofitted the name. Bank didn't just... It wasn't just the word. Now it meant Beta Alpha Nu Kappa. Wow. What? And we're, we're in sixth grade. So we're, wow. Yeah. Wait, we're ridiculous. Wait, that was the acronym you guys are using? We, 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 it, was a, it was a retro. I mean. A retro I, thing. I, it was right. a retro name, right? Like, so, yeah, we, we were like, okay, yeah, now it's, we are a brotherhood. We're a fraternity. Like, that's kind of where, where we went with it. We, we were rapping. We were drawing. We were wow. doing all, all this stuff. And, you know, one of the guys that I met there in that, in that crew ended up going to boarding school with me in, in Connecticut. I went to a school is this I, Is this Ivan? Yeah, this is Ivan. We, we went to Hotchkiss together. We were both recruited to, to go there. 
Wait, 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 so, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Okay, Keith, do you know what Christine does professionally? She. I know it has to do with education. Correct, yeah. correct, correct, correct. So, so I started my my work when I was in my you know late teens, early twenties, uh, helping my mom um, build a business out of South Korea, where we were sending students from South Korea to boarding schools all over the country. Oh wow! Um, okay. And so Hotchkiss was was one of those schools, right? <laughs> um, and so you know, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Um, into the 2000s, kids who were coming from South Korea, some of them may have been, you know, students that that I worked with in some way, shape or form. So I'm curious, how does a kid from St. Louis who is, you know, labeled gifted end up at Hotchkiss, right? And, and, was it through a program or was it directly through this through this school that you found your way to Hotchkiss or Hotchkiss found their way to you? Or was there another program that you may have been enrolled in that would have allowed for you to become noticed by a school like Hotchkiss? Because I'm sure you know um, better than anybody else. It is a very prestigious place to be. Yeah. So although at the time I had no idea. Of course, so, you know, boarding schools in, in, in you know, St. Louis, Missouri are not a thing. Right. But it, we, we knew I knew about private schools. Right. Right. The, the idea of a boarding school, I would have thought that was for, you know, for rest, kids who were you know, bad, not yeah, kids who it, were privileged. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, you know, that that I was disabused of that notion when um, two representatives, one from Exeter, Phyllis Exeter Academy, one from Hotchkiss. Uh, came and visited our school, which was noticed because this is the you know early 90s. So this is right around the time when these schools are beginning to wake up and realize that they had a, a diversity problem. Yep. So yep. Um, they're looking, and not just about race, right, but also about, you know, the regions that their students come from, yep. all of that. So a school in Missouri, a public school in Missouri that, uh, is off the charts in terms of its students testing is going to get noticed. Yep. Right? So they came out, visited the school. As far as I knew, those were the only two boarding schools that existed. <laughs> so, okay. so, you know, I applied to both of them, as did my friend Ivan. And um, we ended up getting into both schools. But um, and, Why and did you way, choose I should, Hotchkiss? I should go back. Right, so I should go back, actually. It, it, Here's another inflection point. I would have never known to apply to those schools if it hadn't been for Ms. Hoppy, who was the vice principal and was kind of the mentor for, um, you know, the, um, you know, student, what, what, do, you, what do you call it? You know, sponsor I was the president. I was the president of the school. So for student government. Student, yes. So she, so she was she like was your student government for, advisor. Yes. The liaison, right? Yep. So, she said one day, she said, you know, you should think about applying to boarding schools. And I literally said, isn't that for like juvies? And, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. It, it, it would give you a chance to expand your world and get out of St. Louis and see some new things. And I trusted her. And I already done uh, a summer program uh, at Duke University called the Talent Identification Program. Yeah, uh, summer residential program. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait! Full stop, dude. The the Duke part you can't just gloss over. I had already done a <laughs> talent uh, association study at Duke University when I was in the womb. Like, dude, how did you get to Duke? Back it up, please. So, so I'm I. So the Duke program is very much like the the Johns Hopkins talent, uh, you yes. know, Center for Talented Youth, correct? Yes, that's correct. So yes, at so, age 13, 12, you were taking yep. the SAT or the ACT that's to qualify right. with a certain score. That's right. Yes, yep, that's exactly right. Wow. Yep. And so, so I, I qualified to to be able to go there every summer for four years for Amazing. three weeks and take a college level course, the equivalent of a semester of a college level course in three weeks. And, you know, it's intensive, like you're doing eight hours a day during the weekdays of, of study in that particular course. Was it hard, um, Keith? Was the coursework hard? 
Or was it easy for you? I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? It was just, this is what we're doing. Right. So, you know, one year I took a history course from the 60s. Another year I took Japanese. And you're 12. Yeah, 12, 13. (laughs) Whatever. Dude, my 13-year-old's not taking Japanese. Uh, (laughs) You know, most kids aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I've always loved languages. So that was just, that was fantastic. And, you know, you, you're there for three weeks in intensive study, and by the time it's done, you have, like, the basics of Japanese, right? I could At that point, I could read hiragana and katakana. I knew a little kanji, which the three different types of writing systems wow. in, in Japan. I, they, there was a, a group of Japanese students that came to visit our class, and they were with a, a special, you know, a certain program. And they actually, the, the, the leaders of that program wanted me to do a year uh, a study abroad in Japan. They were like, this, this kid, he's into it. <laughs> we want him to come and do the opposite. But I was, wow. unfortunately, that was, that was like a step too far. Yeah. That was too ready, far. I wasn't ready to go to Japan yet. <laughs> so, Which is one of my regrets. But yeah, so I had had the background already of being away from home doing hard work academically, but, you know, enjoying it, spending time with friends and, you know, monitoring yourself, having personal responsibility. So I got it when she said that and, you know, told me that, yeah, it doesn't have to be about, you know, the fact that you, you know, you're messing up. It could be quite the opposite. Yeah. I was, I was ready to go. So, you know, I applied and, um, so you get in, you you get into two of the, the most competitive institutions in the country for boarding school yeah. and they're yeah. very different right exeter yeah. is a much bigger institution that's right um mark, with a, mark did i lie did i lie no. about any of the stuff no I no so right? yeah so go christine because keep so, telling me so, the same. so yeah. exeter is a much bigger institution it has a schedule that almost mirrors sort of the college experience like you can go to exeter and take classes in the evening right mm-hmm. um depending on what your schedule is um much bigger campus mm-hmm. um and why why did you choose the smaller institution? Right. So for one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to Exeter was, was like, first of all, it was the first. Right. Yep. So that, that prestige, yes. I, even then I knew that that could mean something, right? Then the fact that it was bigger. Yep. You know, I wasn't thinking about it from a resource perspective, but more along the lines of there'd be more people. Yeah. You know, there's... Right, all of that kind of stuff. From all over the and, country, all over the exactly. world. Exactly, yeah. But Hotchkiss actually flew me and Ivan up for a weekend to visit, pay for everything, you know, obviously uh, housed us, fed us, all of that stuff. They showed a level of care and attention that Exeter didn't, and quite frankly, one would expect that because... They didn't need didn't. to. Yeah, it's right. Like right. They 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 have too many too many other you know heads to think about, right? I'm just one other cog in in the wheel there or yeah. in the machine there, right? So, Hotchkiss on the other hand, being half the size, was looking at things completely different. I would really help change or or, or change the face of the institution. I would have a much bigger impact with my presence. And now I know that, right? But yeah. back then, I, I didn't know that, you know, that that would be part of the reasoning, right? But my mom picked up on it immediately. And so when it came time to make a decision, she said, and, and it was, this was not her, right? I had to convince her about, right. you know, me doing this. She was like, if, you, if you're going to do this, then you, you're going to go to Hotchkiss because they want you. They clearly want you to be there. And also, this is, you know, not for nothing, there was a, a black man who was an assistant, uh, a dean of admissions, named Curtis Spence. And he would have been in his 30s, I think, at that time. And yep. He would have been there to look, he was there to look out for us. And she knew that. And so she felt comfortable, right? She knew I would have a mentor that was invested in yes. the future. And so. Who was the dean of admission at the time? Do you remember? Uh, Parnell Hagerman. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and shout out to, to Ms. Hagerman, too, because, yes. you know, she, she also, you know, she made it her business to get me at Hopkins as well. So, 
Um, Thank you, yeah, Parnell. It, it didn't take much convincing because I, I really enjoyed my weekend. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I'm, so it was, I was totally fine. <laughs> and I didn't want to go there, too, so I had built in basically family. So, yeah, I ended up at Oxford that, that fall. It's, it's, like the, um, it's like when you're recruiting kids for athletics. Right. He's on. He's different. You're recruiting kids for academics, yeah, right? Yeah. And I find it super interesting that part of the decisioning was based off of. I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right. Blackness is that? You probably won't. You probably won't, Mark. Knowing you, but, but continue. Uh, shit. Did I say? Did I fuck it up? What'd you say? Blackness. Because there, oh. there, there was a there was a guy who yeah. was there. Who your mom felt comfortable with? I, I'm trying yeah. not to say it and sound like a jerk, but and make no. you know without sounding you know like a racist. That, 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 that's okay. I mean, Mark, we, we we both know you're a little bit racist, but that's why you have people like me in your life. I'm I'm here to put you on a straight path. It's okay. Jesus, little by little, we'll get you there. <laughs> oh my god! I love I love that. I'm so editing that out, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> David, cut. <laughs> okay, oh, so, yes. so then you end up at Hotchkiss. Are you there for all four years of your high school career? Yes, absolutely. And where do you go from there? From there, it, uh, here we go, another inflection. I, I, it, there were three, at least three times where it was because I had teachers who were good at their damn job and yeah. cared about me, they they brought opportunities to me that I would not have known about or I was not taking seriously myself. And here's another one. It's a week before um, uh, applications are due, early applications uh, for, for the institution that I, I'm about to apply to. I'll tell you, I don't want to ruin the, the, the surprise. And my uh, college counselor and I had talked about me applying to the school, but I didn't really seriously consider it because even though I was academically strong, I didn't have straight A's, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, my my activities were great, all of that stuff, right? I played sports. I was, you know, junior class president, school co-president, eventually my senior year, all of that stuff. But in my mind. To apply to Harvard, you have to, you know, you've got to be, everything has to be perfect. What I didn't know was nothing could be farther from the truth. Harvard wasn't about being perfect. It was about being well-rounded and, and, and hitting hitting the ball well, catching. You know, I hate to do sports metaphors, but you, you're just, you, you got a lot of the bases covered. Yeah. No yep. yeah. Right? And so... I wasn't going to, I hadn't really seriously thought about applying. A week before the app to do, he, I'm coming up the stairs. I'll never forget it. I can see it in my mind right now. I'm coming up the, to the, the, uh, the third floor and Mr. Birchfield is uh, walking down the hall and he just turns around and he says, Keith, are you, are you going to apply to Harvard or what? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. He's like, Okay, and he's like, you know, chop, chop. He's like, dude, next week, all right? Get that get that done. So I'm wow. like, yeah, 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 cool. I end up applying, and I get in early. Wow. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you're aware of what the admissions landscape looks like now, but Harvard today is, is probably, you know, early 7 to 10% if you're lucky. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you literally have your golden ticket, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What and, do you major in? Psychology. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Um, the beauty of this is one of the things that I love about going to a liberal arts school is that early on you 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 know you're shown that it doesn't matter what you concentrate in, right? Like you've already proven that you've got the stuff. Like yeah. Your brain is already switched on, and everyone knows that. Yep. So feel free to allow it to, to flower and pursue what you really want. Now, here's the funny thing is that I still didn't quite believe it. So psychology, although I, I definitely had an interest in it for sure, 
that was my way of trying <laughs> weekly to to at least do something quote unquote practical because I thought, well, hey, if I want to go into advertising, which is something I ever since I saw Boomerang yep. with Eddie Murphy, yep. I was like, oh yes, I, I want to do marketing <laughs> advertising. Yes. Uh... I want to be that. That's what I want to do. If I want to do that, I mean, well, that's just applied psychology, right? Right, right. So, so at least I'll show them that I've been thinking <laughs> along the right path. Meanwhile, if I if I could go back, I probably would be uh, a romance languages concentrator. Really? Yeah, dude, yeah, you absolutely. are a romantic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know, are you going to tell him what romance languages are? Or do I have to? No, uh, yeah. but you probably need to tell me, dude. What? What? The um, romance, like French. French? And, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But, dude, what would you do? What does someone do with a degree from Harvard in romance language? It doesn't matter. You can exactly. do anything because you exactly. are at Harvard. Yeah. I mean, I was a psych concentrator, and I, my first job out of college was at Goldman. You know that. Yes. What, is, what does that have to do with Wall Street? Nothing. Uh, Nothing. You, yeah, no, you didn't, you didn't, he didn't major in econ. He's so, still... Right. Dude, so, so what is four years at Harvard like from a social perspective? Like, is it just a bunch of, like, douchey rich assholes who are smart? Um, is it a combination of kids like you? Is it, like, what, what's it like? Uh, well, question. my experience was fantastic. Now, I'll, you know, I have to be honest. Uh, Hotchkiss was a fantastic place. Loved it. I flourished there. Um, would never, never, ever do, if I had to go back and do it again, I would do it all over again a million times. That said, when I got to Harvard, I was ready to hang around some black folks. Okay. <laughs> Hotchkiss yep. was, Hotchkiss was very, very white. Um, so it was, it was just great to be able to be around black people. And that may sound funny, but when you, you know, even though the, the percentage of black people at Harvard when I was there was the same percentage as it was at Hotchkiss. It was you, a much bigger pond. Exactly. Mm. When you when you increase the size of that pool, yep. the absolute numbers grow in a way. I hadn't been around that many black people since I'd been in St. Louis. Wow. So I was in, I was in heaven. So I had a very, very black Harvard experience. Did you really? Um, yeah, because I don't, where, I don't, I don't think about the Harvard experience being black in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Harvard has a very, very strong and thriving black community. And then the other part about it is being in the Boston area. There's a lot of fellowship with black students at the other colleges yes. and universities. So you, I, I, I've always said outside of Atlanta, Boston probably has per capita the most black students you know, at, at the collegiate level and, you know, graduate level anywhere. So it's a, it, you can have a very, very yeah. black college experience in one of the whitest universities. Wow, that is in, so in the, in interesting. Yeah, yeah. So much so that I, again, had another rap crew in college. Oh, uh, what was it? We called ourselves the myth because people didn't think people like us exist. <sighs> wow. Oh. Wow. Yeah, but we, but here we are. Do you and, still, dude, do you write? Do you write lyrics? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh my god, absolutely. So, so okay. So you you study psychology at Harvard, and then you move on to to to, to Goldman Sachs right, in the yep. the uh, asset management group. Yeah, so I, I moved there, and um, basically on a sales team, okay. and. Um, that was my first experience being in any professional environment at that, of course, at that caliber, right? I had internships, but, you know, working on at Goldman Sachs, you know, doing any, any Wall Street job is a horse of a different color. Yes. Um, yes. So that was, it was a, it was a very eye-opening experience, right? Because it's also the first time where, you know, subjectivity is now at play. In yep. terms of how you're measured, uh, you know wh- whether or not you are "quote unquote" excelling, right? It's it's not just factually did you complete this task. It's right. How does the person across the desk feel about you, and you know how do what do they want to say about what you contribute, regardless of whether or not you do the same thing that this person to your right does. 
that was that was my first encounter with the the, the real world, right? Um, the world where things are not black and white, and it's not about you uh, being able to. It's not just about the work you do. It's about other intangibles as well, you know. And, and yeah, that was very uncomfortable for me because this is where you you know you get into the realm of people's biases, right? And so here's here's an example. Um, during the time I was there at Goldman, uh, this is dot-com bubble, <laughs> so they relaxed the dress code. You didn't have to wear a suit anymore uh, after my first year. Business casual, right? So I uh, I came in one day. I've got on some some khakis and some, you know, loafers, and then I've got a, a kind of turtleneck sweater on. A fedora. Sounds, yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. totally like no fedora at that time. Sounds, sounds totally, you know, up to par. and yep. right, But the sweater now it had a few hip hop elements to it, right? Nothing crazy. It didn't have like a big Snoopy on the front or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. right? It was just it had you know had a, a few tiny little embellishments, but it was clear that it wasn't from Land's End. Okay, nice. so my the the head of our team says, "Hey, Keith, come come here for a second. And, he, and I go in his office and he goes, nice sweater. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. I, I think he's being sincere because I've gotten this from like a boutique in Brooklyn. Like I was sure. styling and profiling. Yeah. You understand what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I, I wasn't being serious. I was like, what's wrong with it? He's like, uh, a little, uh, a little wild, right? And I'm like, what? What's wild about it? It has like, okay, a little patch on the side that's reminiscent of a, you know, a racing jacket or something, right? Like, yeah, like yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing crazy. He calls in one of the VPs and says, hey, what do you, what do you think about his sweater? Oh, and God. he goes, eh, it's, uh, you know, it's all right. He's like, okay, thanks. And now I'm just like, am what? I a freaking zoo animal right now? Like, what did, right. did I miss something? And, and so... That story is just emblematic of the fact that, you know, if I I was obeying the letter of the law, right? But because yep. I'm not doing it the way that you do it, I'm still not right. Well, right? I'm not really in the club. Right, right. And, you know, the, the I'll never forget, it, to put an even finer point on it, when we got our first real bonuses. Yep. Right. I was... Real because I in a bonus I got more than my mom had seen in one check in her entire life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. right. I, I was I was over the moon, and you know you're not supposed to talk about that stuff with your other analysts, right? Right. Uh, of course, the tools that corporate America uses to keep everyone in their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, we should be comparing everything, <laughs> and we did, and I found out that. Each of my fellow analysts in the same pool doing the same work. Listen, we're 22 years old. We are not bringing in any business. We're making pitch books. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's not rocket science. One of them had gotten uh, like fifteen thousand more than me. The other one had gotten like thirty thousand dollars more than I did. Okay. So do you? Was it because you were black? I cannot say for certain. <laughs> right. I can't say it. But I know that. My personality is exactly as you see it now. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm friendly. Uh, I, it wasn't like I was, you know, walking around with a bad attitude. I I did my work on time. I gave it my all. all but, you know, the one that worked for the head of the group, the head of the team, got 30000 more. Wow. I was working, by the way, I was assigned to work for the sole woman on the team who also by the way, was basically the black sheep of the group. Wow. Right? And so there's there's two there's two levels going on here. <laughs> so so number one, she should have been valued more highly. Yeah. And then but but she wasn't. And so I'm assigned to the one that you don't value. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Oh uh, dude, that's ugly. Yeah. So after three years, after my analyst program was done, I, I mean, I knew it already. I was, I was applying to business school. You're like, I was like, it's time for me. I was like, no more Wall Street for me. It was. I did it as a way to push myself in the first place because, as you recall, I was always interested in marketing and advertising. 
Yep. But when I got the offer, I was like, well, I, I can't pass this up. I got to see if it's something yeah. I want to do. And I was like, yeah, cool. Peace, Wall Street. Bye. And away to Columbia Business School, I went. Now wow. that, that mark, that was, I did get a full ride there, uh, at least with tuition. Of course, I still had to take out loans to live in New York yeah. City. Of course. But, <laughs> but that, that was a blessing in that as much as I didn't have to worry about tuition. Was uh was Columbia the only school you applied to? No, actually, I uh, and this was a great lesson too. I applied to, I think, four schools. Yep. Yes, I applied. I applied to four schools, um, and Ke- so Kellogg was another. Yep. Stanford and uh, no five Harvard and Penn. Wow. And believe it or not, uh. Harvard was the only school that flat out rejected me. Really? And that was the first time I ever experienced rejection. Rejection. Academic reject. And for it to come from for it to come from my alma mater, it was like What was the rationale? I had friends who were applying as well, so it was a chance that I might be reunited with other, you know, classmates back at Harvard again. Some of them got in, like they got in and then I didn't. I was just, I was heartbroken. Oh. Yeah, so that was a that was a big deal. But it it made me, I, I can't, you know, when I went to, I'd gone to visit Harvard. It, this is this is one of those things too, where sometimes I don't like to believe I'm not a spiritual person, right? I'm a very, I'm a devotee of of rationality, right? And so, yep. Um, but sometimes it does feel like things happen for a reason mm-hmm. because. I went to visit Harvard. I, vi- I visited Kellogg. I visited Columbia. Those were the ones that were like, those were my top. And when I got to, to Harvard, I expected it to feel the way it felt as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. And I was like, I don't, these folks are really, they're not my folks. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yep. I was like, this doesn't feel the same. But I was trying to shrug it off, right? Whereas when I visited Columbia, when I visited Kellogg, I was like, okay, this is this is familiar. I like this. I'm, so, I'm sure I would have pushed myself if I got in. I would have gone to Harvard just because, and I don't know that I would have had the same. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have had the same experience, but I don't know that that would have been the right place for me. So, what made you choose Columbia, Columbia? just because it was Columbia versus Kellogg, which is Northwestern? Well, well. The reason, so I put I put down my deposit at both because I, I was that torn. Um, but at the end of the day, there were two things: one, uh, Columbia being in New York. Yep. It was just you know, I love I love New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was hard to pass up. Yep. Two, the I damn think. free tuition. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Kellogg Ivy? Northwestern's not an Ivy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's so top for, business. For me, it was like, if I already, if I know I like the community, right, if that's already settled, if they're even on those ends, I, and I know I'll be able to get a job coming out of school, no matter which which place I go to, then we got to go with the tiebreakers, and yeah. those, those are the tiebreakers. Yeah. That's amazing. Keith, yeah. I, know, I know we're in a space where we're somewhat limited on time, and I guess my, so first of all, where are you today? What are the projects that you're involved in? And how would our listenership in whatever capacity, you know, find you? Um, yeah. And my, I, we'll start there. Okay. So um, from a professional standpoint, uh, I'm at LinkedIn. I've, I've been at LinkedIn since Mark and I parted ways, actually. Oh, wow. So, um, he went on I've been the way there back. over six and a half years. Time just flew by. Amazing. And I, I wish I would say that that was unique for LinkedIn, but it's not. People come to LinkedIn and they tend to stay a long time. Um, That's good. Because it, it has been a, a really great place to be in terms of, uh, you know, the environment. It's still corporate America. Yep. You know, but, you know, there are there are levels to this, as, as, as they say, right? Yes. So, if you're going to do the corporate America thing, do it in the, in, in the, in a way that kills you the least. <laughs> so, um, I, I've enjoyed my time there. I had a few different roles. Uh, I came there, 
um, on a team that was responsible for uh, programmatic advertising. Yep. LinkedIn decided to get to get rid of that business. So then I moved into uh, an area of the business now where I spend my days uh, talking to marketers and helping them understand how to get the most out of LinkedIn as an advertising platform. So okay. I'm on a, I'm on the marketer education side. And I was also lucky enough to be the global co-chair of the Black Inclusion Group for LinkedIn for two years during my time here. I well. love that. Um, so that's so that's that side. But uh, as I was able to surprise Mark with, I was also in the last few years able to uh, become a professional actor. So I got my SAG card uh, wow. a, a few years back <laughs> uh, because because of a couple of my my Harvard buddies who uh, followed their creative path after school. Stuck it through, became comedy writers, wrote for Fallon, et cetera. Wow. They finally ended up uh, a couple years back getting their own two TV shows, and they made me a regular on, on one of their shows. Which, so okay, which show is that? So it's, it's, that show's called Sherman's Showcase, and it, it ran for a couple seasons and had a, a, a special, wow. you can find it on, uh, on Hulu. Okay. So you'll see me pop up on a, a few episodes of, of that. Uh, so that's been a lot, that's a lot of fun. My face hurts. I'm smiling so much, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you mentioned you produce and play music or what, what is your instrument? Do you sing? Oh yeah. So when it comes to that, yeah, I mean, uh, I sing a little bit, I rap, uh, yeah, I, I, I make, I make the beats, um, you know, yeah. So it's kind of like one stop shop. Can uh, I be in your rap group, dude? do all the stuff. Can I be in your rap um, group, please, Keith? Keith, but, I, I need to. Be, I need to be in your rap group. They need, dude. Please <laughs> find one, a, is, dude. This is this is a solo thing, Mark. dude. No, <laughs> dude. Let, no, let me chime in on something, something nonsensical, please. I need yeah, this. I, you know what? You know what? There's always room for a good, you know, uh, skit in in the middle of a of, of a couple different, you know, uh, songs. You know, you remember back in the day? I remember skits on, on albums, Mark. Yes. I'll, I'll bring you in. We would talk music in the office. We would talk, he would talk politics. He would talk, dude. And you would talk music. And I would just be like, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, we, and we don't even want to get, and you know what? I've, I've let you off the hook. You you know that I have a bone to pick with you when it comes to politics. You know that. Yeah, let's save that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you never want to go there. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's save it. Um, <laughs> Keith. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for being with us today. Keith Bernard sure. here. Dude, Keith Bernard, yeah. actor. Keith actor. Bernard, actor, musician. Rapper. Uh, uh, professional. Business. Jesus. Keep going. I'm not going to stop you. Keep going, please. Yeah, dude. Dude, fashionista. First of, first of his yes. name. First of his name. Yeah. Creative. Suit, uh, all, all right. of dude, the above. Dude, we are crushing his head for, for, for his wife. His wife is going to walk and be like, dude, take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Listen, That's he, good. He, Cook me up something. I'm hungry. Fan. She's my biggest fan, and she'll say his head can't get any bigger anyway, so it's really, you're doing no okay. good. I got to meet her, dude. So we need to we need to schedule a meet, like a, a serious in-person meet. I want to meet Naisha, too. For sure. I, I, I mean, she would love it, I know. All right, my man. Uh, I ladies, it. Thank you so much. ladies and gentlemen, a beautiful mind, Keith Bernard, actor. This is the Zero <laughs> Hour. That was Keith. That was LLKB. I'm Mark. That's Christine. Thank you all. Thank you, Keith. Bye. Thank you Thanks so so much. Take care. All right, bro. We're good. Uh, right. Keith, man. Uh, thank you, bro. Have a great day. All right. Have a great Appreciate weekend. It.